Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. But welcome to church this morning. I'm very privileged to have my mum here today in the front row. So give her a big hand. Thanks for coming, mum. And um, I also just want to give a little shout out to Harry and Scarlett. What a treat. So thanks for coming. So here we are, the second Sunday of the year. Can you believe it? We're here, second Sunday in. But, you know, as I share the message this morning... I believe that the Holy Spirit will highlight for you what you, what you need for your life. Because I really feel like there's actually, I know we're talking about what is your one thing, but I'm a girl, okay? So there's going to be a few things that I might throw out there. I'm weaving through the message. So I just want to encourage you to take what resonates for your life, what speaks to you. I feel like I'm just throwing seed out. And I want to encourage you to see what lands in your heart. So what is your one thing? This is our series throughout January. And again, I really want to encourage you to prayerfully seek God right throughout this month about what it is, what is your one thing. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it is for your life. And keep in mind, there might be a few for different areas or categories in your life. Maybe what is, what is your one thing regarding your health this year? What is your one thing regarding your issue or your struggle? What is it that the Holy Spirit is convicting you about in that area? What is it maybe in my character or in my relationships, that one thing in that area that I need to focus on? It's really important, church, to discover what it is, how this message of what is your one thing can actually apply personally to you. And, you know, I heard this funny story, and I'm going to share it with you. It's the ham story. So there was this new newlywed couple, and the very first meal that the um, the the husband, the wife made for the husband was a ham. Must have been Christmas time, I'm assuming. So anyway, she puts the ham on the table and one end of the ham is completely cut off. And the husband said, why is part of the ham already cut off? And his wife said, well, that's what you do when you cook a ham. You cut off part of the ham and then you cook the ham. And he said, oh, and he couldn't stop thinking about it. Oh, that's right. She said, forgive me. She said, my mother always did that, cooked it that way. That's my mother taught me. That's what you do when you cook a ham. So he was, he, the next morning he thought, I'm going to ring my mother-in-law and ask her, what's the go with cutting off one part of the ham? And so she said, well, that's just what you do when you cook a ham. You cut one half of the ham, one side of the ham off. And he said, but why do you do that? And she said, well, to be honest with you, that's what my mother always did. That's what she showed me how to do. So he rang the, his, his what, what would that be to him? Anyway, the grandmother. And he said, I'm just curious, you know, your, your daughter and then, you know, my wife, they all cut the ham off and they said it's because you said that's what, that's what, how you cook a ham. And she said, oh, for goodness sake, I had such a small oven growing up that I cut off one half of the ham so I could fit it in the oven. I thought that was so hilarious. But the reason that I share that with you, with you this morning is for this reason. Don't do things just because they've always been done that way. Don't do things in life. Don't make your one thing the thing that you're doing because it's what you've always done or what someone else has already told you to do. And that's a funny illustration to help us remember that. So, so I want to 
Uh, I felt the Holy Spirit give me a few words for us as a collective church body. Maybe some of these words that I'm going to bring this morning, you can use as your one thing, but keep them overall in the back of your mind as we go throughout the year, because I believe that they're words that God has given me for us as a church and for you as individuals. So are you ready? Are you ready? The first word that I have for you today is the word joy. The word joy. Move into your day, move into 2022 with joy. What do you enjoy? You know, Pastor Jason asked me that actually earlier in the week and he said, what is it that you want to do more this year that you enjoy? And I I couldn't actually answer him at the time. So what do you enjoy? I want to encourage you, find something again if you've lost it that brings you joy in life. Because you know, church, God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to live a life of joy. And having, a joy, having joy in our lives actually brings glory to God. And it brings the presence of God, I believe, into our life. God loves to see his people enjoying their life. You know, let's face it, we need to cultivate joy at the moment, don't we? Regardless of external circumstances, regardless of what's going on in our world, find what refreshes you. And you know, it's often the simple things, isn't it? I, want, I believe someone here today needs to hear it's actually okay to enjoy your life despite what's going on in the world. You don't have to be in the doldrums because of what's going on, but it's actually okay to enjoy your life. There's a couple of quotes here that I read recently that um, the measure of success in life is to find joy. And if joy and love become the reason for every action, abundance will flow. So cultivate the joy. The second word is faith. I love faith. I love to preach faith. I love to do my best to live in faith. Church, let faith be your one thing. If you can't think of anything else, let it be faith. Let faith be the only F word in your vocabulary in 2022. Understand that having faith means this. Having faith means we understand and discern and recognise the different seasons of our life and of the world that we live in. Let's compare it to the natural life. In the, in the natural laws, we don't always live in summer. We don't always live in winter. The, different, the seasons change. And so they change in our life and they're changing, we're seeing right now for the last three years in our world. By faith, we gain a godly, we gain clarity and we gain a godly worldview of our circumstances and godly perspectives. When we gain these godly perspectives, they help us not to freak out when everyone else is freaking out, not to lose, they cause us not to lose our peace and joy or to become discouraged. It's really important to have faith. The next word or sentence that I felt was this, and I'm going to bring our word of the week from the scripture pertaining to this real soon. It said, the the sentence is, you've got to know where to go. I believe God wants to say to us, church, in these days, you've got to know where to go. And where do we go? We go to God. You've heard the saying, I'm sure, that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Anyone heard that? You know, oh, you know, you're doing too much, can't pour from an empty cup, you know. But I really feel that God wants us to to know and wants you to know, church, that you always have something to bring. 
you always have something to give. Your cup is actually never empty. Think about that for a moment. This is the difference between God's perspective and our perspective. Let me explain. Who here has ever said, that's it, I am so done, I have nothing left, I'm over this, I'm not going to do that. And you actually really mean it at the time. You feel that way, you're in the moment, like, nah, I'm done, don't ask me, talk to the hand. But then someone asks something of you, or you just have a conviction, you know you need to show up for something, even though you don't feel like it. Or even greater still, God convicts you in your heart about something, I really want you to do that for that person. And you're like, really, God, I don't want to, (laughs) but I'm going to do it. And then you do the thing, you do it. You said you weren't going to do it, don't ask me, but then you do it. You push through and you say, wow, after the, I don't know about you, but I don't know how many times I've got, wow, after I've done it, I don't know how I did that. I really don't know how I did that. I felt like I had nothing and then I did it and I feel really good. I actually feel energised by doing that. And um, you realise that something rose up within you that wasn't of you but enabled you to do that. And God would remind us that he is our source, church. He is our source. He is the overflowing fountain that never runs dry. And there is our word of the week from John 7.38. He who believes in me, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, he says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He also says in John 3.34, again, God says that he gives his spirit without measure. Without measure, that means it has no end. It doesn't run out. So this means, what does this mean for us? It means that you and I, we always have something to give. We always have something for every place that we find ourselves in in life. So ask yourself today, what is this one thing that I can bring to the people or the place where I'm going today? That's what I want to encourage you in with your one thing. Know where to go that you have an uh, unending source to draw from and draw from that and know that wherever you go, you've got it. You bring it. And what is it going to be? This is God's purpose, I believe, for our lives. Allow this to be your main thing. Make it your intention. Make it your decision in life and just watch what unfolds. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised, you'll be blessed, and you'll be energised. You've got to know where to go. Remember where? To the living waters, that well, that fountain that never runs dry. God's spirit will sustain you in 22. God loves to fill the empty places. What's that, call, uh, that song that we used to sing in church here? It says, the words say, emptied that we might be filled, broken that we might be made whole. And, you know, God said, actually set it up that way from the beginning of time so that we would rely on him and not be so self-sufficient all the time. It's called the manna principle. Anyone heard of it? A great example of this is found in the story of the children of Israel. And obviously I'm not going to read the whole thing this morning. Time doesn't permit it. But in the scripture, Exodus 16:21, it talks about the manna the manna that God provided every day. It said, They gathered it every morning, every man according to his need, 
And when the sun became hot, it melted. So if you don't know the story, God's children were in the wilderness and they had no food. And every day God supernaturally supplied the manna. It would come down and settle on the ground. They would gather it and they would make it into bread or do whatever they did with it. I'm not sure, but it, it sustained them. And they had to gather it every day because once the sun came, it melted away. So it was a daily reliance on the provision of God for their lives. They actually couldn't store it up. Further on in the story, it talks about how they couldn't store it up because either it melted away or if they tried to take too much, even for the next day, it would go off. It would actually rot. Just think about that for a moment. It was impossible for them to be self-reliant on that in those days. They had to rely on God. The manna was available every day until they didn't need it anymore. It was available until the day they entered the promised land. It says that in Exodus 16.35. It's okay, I didn't give you that scripture. Church, the same God who did that way back then for the children of Israel, his people, he'll do it for you and I today. We've got to know where to go and who to rely on. What about when Jesus showed up at the wedding in Cana? And they'd run out of wine. I'm not going to read that story, but it's found in John 2, 1 to 12. What happens in this account? It's a classic water into wine story. Everybody has heard of it, haven't they? Not only, what happens in the story is not only is every 20 to 30 gallon jar filled up with wine, but it ends up, the story tells us, being the best wine Better than the previous wine. Better than the previous wine. Church, these aren't just cute stories that we read and go, oh, that's a cute story. Side note, don't allow, especially if you've been in the, uh, walking with, in, been in church for a while or had a relationship with God for a while, don't allow the scriptures to lose their relevance for your life today. Because we read these stories and we think, oh yeah, how does that apply? Well, I want to remind you that they totally apply. There's always a principle that we can take into our lives today from these stories. And this story reminds us that in God's hands, the ordinary can become extraordinary, extraordinary, and that all things are possible. How can that be that water can be turned into wine? I don't know, but the Bible tells us that Jesus did it. You know, and this includes us and our lives. We're ordinary people. Our lives are ordinary. Living in COVID days, pretty ordinary. But Jesus' disciples were ordinary fishermen before he called them to be his disciples. The more ordinary the circumstance or the person, the more, glory, the more God can show his glory, church. I want to encourage you with that. You know, he supplies from his glorious riches and his never-ending supply, that never-ending fountain, those rivers of living waters that we already read about which you and I have access to 24-7. And we are blessed and called to be a blessing. I love the scripture in Matthew 10:8, And it says, freely we have received, freely give. Freely we receive, freely give. If we make that our one thing, that's another thing we could make our one thing, that truth, then wherever we go, then look out. You might just change your world and I might just change mine. Whatever sphere of influence God has placed you in, wherever, whatever workplace you're in, whatever home you're in, whatever friends you have, God wants you to have influence there. Freely you have received, freely give. 
Do you know that God's goal for you and I isn't to make us perfect? It's actually to make us whole. It says in James 1.4 that we would be complete and lacking nothing. That is actually God's goal for us. It's who we are becoming that is much more important to God and it's much ought to be more important to us. It's who we are becoming that changes our world, not just what we do, but who we are becoming. Ask yourself, who am I becoming? Who do I want to be in 22? What changes do I need to make? What thing, one thing do I need to focus on? You know, whatever our one thing is, whatever our goals are, they must be connected and aligned with our values and our beliefs so that we can be authentic Christians. Now, let me tell you about the old days. I'm not that, I'm not that old, I know. I'm trying to be funny. But I have been in church for a very long time, a very long time. So when I was a girl growing up in church, and for those of you who are here that uh, have been too, you'll probably relate to this story a little more than others. However, when I grew up in church, we didn't sing worship songs. We sang choruses. They were called choruses. They were only ever in the key of C, F or G. Until Jeff Bullock came in to Hillsong and he introduced the key of D, minor keys, it was awesome, changed the whole course of songs that we sang in church. And uh, it was pretty exciting at the time. Opened up a whole new world of music. And there was this old chorus that we used to sing that I remember from when I was a little girl. It was from the Psalms and it went like this. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. They were really cool songs. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. There you go. That was the chorus. But church, the reason I sing you that song is it sounds so corny and so old-fashioned, but the truth of that chorus still rings true today. Nothing is too difficult for your God and my God. And we sang those words a lot differently than we sing them today, but they are still so true. Nothing is too difficult for our God. Nothing overcomes him. Nothing knocks him off his perch. Nothing knocks him off his heavenly throne. Despite what's going on in our world, I want to encourage you, take the pressure off yourself and put your hope and trust in God. The only thing we can be sure of is that he is with us, that he is for us, and that he will always be faithful to us. And as we step into the waters of 2022, let's step with confidence in him, knowing that he is already in 2022. He's waiting for us to live out this year in him, in him, through him, and with him. That is the truth. You know, my Bible tells me that in the beginning, God, let's call that scripture up, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, let's call that one up. In the beginning, God, in the beginning church, there was God. He created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was there right at the beginning. I don't know about you, but I wasn't there. 
at the beginning of the world. I wasn't there before the world began. Were you? I don't think so. I definitely know I wasn't there. But, you know, the Bible says he, he was and he is and he is to come. That is our God. That is a God that we love and serve and believe in. That is a God that we have faith in. I read, um, I heard this podcast actually, Don't uh, Fall Off Your Seats, but it was talking about, in the middle of the podcast, it had the numerology for 2022, okay? So two plus zero plus two plus two equals six. And it was talking about how, which I actually found quite interesting, it's about new beginnings. But I felt like I've got a better equation for you, okay? So two plus zero plus two plus two equals six, yes. But we who know Christ can add one, the one, Jesus, which makes it seven, which is God's perfect number. So take that perfect number um, into 2022. It's God's perfect number for you because we don't just have two and zero and two and two, but we have God who makes it number seven. So whatever the future holds, we know who it is that holds the future. In, in Paul says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, I know Pastor Jason loves his scripture and I know that Kayla spoke it last week and it resonated with me as well. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal in Christ. Church, It doesn't mean we stick our fingers in our ears. It doesn't mean we're ignorant of what has gone before. It doesn't mean those things. It doesn't mean we haven't experienced things. But it does mean this. We don't allow even 2021, those things that are behind, the former things, to come with us into 2022, into this year. If you bring anything, I love this thought. Remember the lessons that you learnt from the previous year or years but forget the mistakes. Remember the lessons learned, but forget the mistakes. The fourth word that I have before I finish is this, look for the good. Look for the good. You know, I find in life that people and situations, they tend to be what you and I think them to be. What our perception is of them is what becomes our reality. Whatever our beautiful pa Bob used to say, whatever you look for, you'll find. Whatever you look for, you will find. And again, we encourage you to look for the good. Believe for the good. You know, we saw and heard many good things. It was a tragic thing that Julius drowned. We were all just gobsmacked that that happened. But so many good stories have come out of that Thursday night visual that we had down at Noriel for him. And I don't believe it's a coincidence that we had that on the Thursday night. They'd been looking for his body for over a week. And we had that prayer vigil and we praised God at Noriel. And the next morning at 8am, SES workers found his body. In the prayer position, they found his body. Church, that's a great story that has come out of something so tragic. And there were many other um, great stories that came out of that event from community leaders, that spoke to Jason. So look for the good. You know, there's a conversation going on in John 1, 45 and 46. I didn't give it to the team. It's a conversation between Philip and Nathaniel. And Nathaniel says 
to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? They were talking, Philip was actually telling Nathaniel about Jesus, that we think he's the Messiah. And Nathaniel's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was a hick town. It only had 500 people in it. And Nathaniel's question is a little sarcastic. He assumes that Nazareth couldn't produce much of worth, let alone the promised Messiah. And we can say that about the days that we live in, COVID days. Can anything good come out of this? What good is there in this? But I love Philip's response to Nathaniel. He doesn't try and justify anything. He doesn't try and argue or even persuade him. He simply invites Nathaniel, come and see. Come and see this Jesus. Come and see for yourself. And, you know, we've got to be careful because we can have a negative response in the days that we're living in. Let's be real. It's easy to lean towards a negative response. However, it ought not to be our response. It ought not to be the response of people who believe and follow God. We know it already tells us in Romans 8.28 that God does work all things together for good. Doesn't mean everything is good, but we can believe for good to come out of it. This ought to be our default response, church. Our strong foundation, our belief and our confession. So in closing, church, just remember, find your joy and live with joy. Live in faith, make that your only F word. Know where to go, go to God, to his living waters and remember that your cup is always full. Forget what lies behind and look forward. God is ready and waiting for you in 22. Bless you. Wow. Well, that was such a powerful word. Uh, my wife is a, a mighty woman of God. I'm just sitting there feeling so thankful and so blessed for her. We're going to come to a close real soon. Uh, I think that Pastor Trina has really set this next part of our service up so well. And uh, that has to do with uh, what we call an altar call. And basically that's uh, providing an opportunity for people to respond to Jesus. And uh, I love the passage in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's get that back up on the screen. And it says, in the beginning, God. And I just want to say, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to God. Could it be that Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is there throughout all the ages for a reason? To remind us that in the beginning, God. So that we would always go back to the beginning of the foundation of our faith who is Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Saviour, our Healer, our soon-coming King. 2022, the stage has never been more set for the return of Jesus. Now, I know that's a matter of belief. So the stage is set for the return of Jesus. But I just want to give someone the opportunity to respond to Jesus. And the way that we're going to do that is through prayer. And uh, following that, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. If you prayed this prayer from your heart, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer from your heart. If what you would like, uh, if you would like your one thing to be, if you'd like your one thing to be, that your history is erased before our God and our Creator, right? then I want to invite you to pray a prayer because we need our, our sins forgiven. I'm a sinner. I need my sins forgiven daily. 
okay? And God wants you to see yourself not in the light of your history, but in the light of God's Word and your destiny. So stop dwelling on your history. This is what Pastor Trina was talking about. It's what the Apostle Paul talks about. Forgetting, uh, focusing on this one thing, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward now to what lies ahead. We press on and I thank God for a church that presses on. Are you ready to pray? Are you someone who just needs to get your life right with God? If that's you, then pray this prayer after me. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself this day and I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I come back to him today. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. Now help me to be the person you have destined me to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen to me. That's good. I really do believe that there's faith in the room, really from the front to the back, from the left to the right. And I believe people, maybe you've prayed that prayer even with the mustard seed of faith. It's like you're praying, but there's some doubts. I want you to know, don't worry about that. Doubts are a part of the journey. Fear is a part of a courageous journey. Someone said once upon a time, courage is not the absence of fear, but it overcomes it anyway. And if you pray that prayer today on the count of three, just lift up your hand and then we want to pray for you. Hands are going up already. If you prayed that prayer today, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. This is so, so good. Come on, let's just give the Lord a hand of thanks in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.